Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, church, now remember what we talked about, okay? The church at Corinth was a mess. We saw that at the beginning of of our study. And uh, things in this church, believe it or not, were going on that shouldn't have been going on. I mean, this church was a total mess. And so what happens is that Paul gets a Paul gets an address and say, hey, there, there's some things going on. And what he does is he deals with five, now listen, five major issues, okay? I'm sure the church had little issues. I'm sure there were a lot of little things going on because people are people. But these were five major issues and we've talked about them, guys. We've walked verse by verse through them, and we've talked about them, uh, all four of them, and now we've just kind of been taking the fifth. Now, I want to kind of let you know, because you might be joining online, and you might be going, okay, I'm not sure where we're at, but let me kind of quickly remind you what they were, okay? In chapters one through four, we discovered that there were divisions in the church, Okay, there were um, some teachers that had come through the church at Corinth. Some said, you know, Paula, some said Peter. And, and so they were starting to pick and, oh, well, I, I, I'm, I go to this church or, or, or I go to that church or I like this pastor. Now, again, many of them began to pick their favorite teacher. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, except that they had begun to talk bad about other leaders. Okay, well, we don't like him, or he's doing this, or who's doing that. And so people started, they started to divide the body of Christ. And Paul deals with that very, very first and foremost, because he knows what the Word of God says. The Word of God says is that God does not like, he hates division in the body. He hates when when we sow discord among the brethren. And so he says, okay, so so let's get on the same page. Then in chapters 5 through 7, he says, okay, I've got to deal with something else. You go, what was that? He said there were some issues of sex, sex in the church. Okay, you go, like what? Well, he talks about sex, he talks about marriage, and he even talks about singleness. Okay, and he deals with all of them. And you go, well, Ben, what was going on? Well, if you remember, there were a number of people in the church that were sleeping around. Like they were just, they were just, they were just kind of going for it, and there was some crazy stuff happening. And not only that, but listen to this, guys. Not only that, but there were there were people in the church that leadership, now this is fine. This is fine. It's okay because we're all free in Christ. And Paul's like, no, 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 that can't happen. And so he deals with that issue. Then in chapters 8 through 10, remember, he goes, okay, so now we have the issue of food. And you go, well, what about food, man? I like food. Let's eat, man. Like, like what's going on? He said it was food that were sacrificed to idols. Now, remember, there was a split between the Jewish and the non-Jewish Christians on how to respond to this issue. Well, can we eat this? No. Can we not eat this? Hey, hey, Pastor Sof invited me over to his house, but I don't know if he sacrificed that the meat that he's cooking his idols. I don't know what's going on. And Paul comes in. He says, no, no, no. Listen, here's his response. Paul says, listen, when we gather, this should be a place, guys, where um, basically, first and foremost, our allegiance needs to be to Jesus and not to any other gods. That's He says, Jesus needs to be centrality. He needs to be central. He says, we need to love people more than food and not cause a brother or sister to stumble. So he deals with that issue. Okay, and then in verses in chapter 11 to 14, he says, now I've got to talk about worship gatherings. Okay, you guys are gathering together and there's some stuff going on. Okay, there are, there are some poor people that weren't getting uh, part of the pot blessing and, and the rich people were coming in and eating and, and we've already discussed all that. But Paul's response is this. He says, guys, listen, when we gather together, 
Okay. Now, now I love this because we have a, a unique um, uh, situation here. Okay, because we're not gathered together. All right. All right. Our, our governing authority says you can't gather. Okay, 10 or less. We're like, okay, so what do we do? So we, we can't gather, but he says, when we gather, and you all are gathered in your home, he said, man, there's some unique, there's some, there's some stuff going on. And he says that God's spirit, listen, should be working through everybody, and this should be happening, happening in a unified way. And here's what I love, okay? So like even today, you're sitting at home, okay? And I'm going to be silly for a moment. There you are sitting at home. You're watching, you're watching online and you're eating your frosted flakes or whatever it might be, right? You're saying, okay, I'm in, I'm in church. I like this church. Some of you are laying in bed going, man, this is cool. We should do church like this. But the Holy Spirit should be working and unified in all of us each and every day. And I think it's a great opportunity because we know that the church has never been the building. The church is people. And so Paul says, okay, so we should be unified, and, and here's what he says. Now listen, here's what's got to happen, okay? He talks about the church as the human body, as one. He says, but we all have different parts. We all have different parts. So, so in this day, and I'm, I'm going to reference this a lot because, I mean, this is, this is, this is the topic of what's going on. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're quarantined, if you will. But, but in this day, guys, I mean, we all have a part to play. And, and people go, well, I'm not the pastor. I don't have a mouthpiece. No, but you can be part of the body of Christ by reaching out to people in need. You go, what do you mean? Everybody has everything. I went to the store the other day. They all have No, no, no. Sometimes, guys, listen, I've, I've known two people, right, in the last week that have just, just collapsed under the weight of what's going on emotionally. And, and it's a scary time. And we need to be the light. We need to be the one offering just hope. And that's what Paul talks about. Now, the last problem, guys, that he talked about is here in chapter 15. And this is a big one. You go, how so? Because it's the issue of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And basically, our future hope of, of being followers of Jesus relies on the resurrection. And so Paul says, let's talk about it, okay? So we did. And, and we likened it to building a house. Now, what do we do? What's the first thing we have to do? Well, we have to build its foundation. And that's what Paul does. In the first 11 verses, guys, of chapter 15, we see Paul giving the affirmation of the resurrection of Jesus. It's the gospel message. It's what you and I hold fast to. It's the foundation of what we believe. This is who we are. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 3 and 4, he says, for I delivered to you first all that I which I received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures guys now listen we read that it's just a couple of verses and at times we just kind of pass through it real fast oh Jesus Christ died for me and buried his no 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 this is this is the foundation this is where we live okay this is the affirmation this is the foundation and it is essential to you and I as believers it's the very foundation in which we live why because you guys know if you build a house, the foundation has to be solid, okay? It, it, you can't have cracks going through it. You can't have it unlevel. You can't have it watery or sandy, if you will, okay? Because if you do, what's going to happen? You're going to have problems building the house. What's going to happen? Think about it in your mind, okay? If your foundation is not level, the doors aren't going to shut. Windows are not going to fit. Walls are going to be crooked. Everything is going to be out of place, including the floor. And you go, okay, Ben, yeah, that's Captain Obvious. We have the foundation, 
Okay? Yeah. But I want you to liken that to your, to your walk. Because spiritually speaking, the foundation is where you begin when you first got saved. This is how you need to understand the gospel. The problem is, is that a guy's a cracked foundation. Think about this. A cracked foundation is where we go, yeah, we heard the gospel, but now I've got to work for it. I've, I've heard the gospel, but see, listen, I've got to serve Jesus because then, because, and, and so we start having cracks in it and then, and then we build our life that way and then we have problems. Because then our lives are like one minute, we're like, hallelujah, praise Jesus, amen, yeah. And then the next night, we're like, man, I'm so super bummed because I, I messed up and the Lord's going to, you know. And, and, and so we walk in this, and, and Paul says, no, 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 listen, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Spiritually speaking, guys, we need to have this solid foundation, and I'll tell you why. Here's why. Because in our walks, in our beliefs can be compromised, and you and I can be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that comes around. Now, now think about this. If, if our foundation is compromised, think about when, when a crisis or storm hits, we're like, <sighs> it really rocks us. It really throws us. And so again, we need to remember. So if our foundation is not right, everybody understand the gospel, right? That Jesus Christ, right? That, that, now think about this. Okay. Let me see if I can paint this. That God's son, right? That God bankrupt heaven sent his son, fully God and fully men, to die on the cross for our sins, to reconcile us. He was buried third day. He rose again. And guess what? That's what we, that's our foundation. That's where we live. In all of that foundation and all that gospel, what's your part in that? You go, Ben, I don't have a part. That's exactly right. We're saved because of who Jesus is. We're righteous because of who Jesus is. And we live because of who Jesus is. Amen? And so all of a sudden you're going, okay, so, so, so what is this, what does this mean? Okay? When that foundation is cracked, when, when it's skewed off just a little bit, guys, think about that. That's when doubt creeps in. And it affects every area of our lives. And, and I'm not saying that we won't have difficulties. I'm not saying that we won't have storms. I'm not, I mean, we're right in the middle of a tribulation right now, man. I'm not saying that's not going to happen to the believer. Here's why. If you're taking note, jot this down. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. So, so rain's going to come. But if we have the right foundation, then we can stand stronger through it. And that's what we need to do, guys. That's what we need to do. Now, What storm are we in? Well, you guys know this, man. Many, if not all the churches, are streaming live because we are obeying our governing authorities, right? And our governing authorities came and said, hey, listen, we don't want you to meet in groups of over 10 due to the coronavirus plaguing our nation, right? Well, on Wednesday night, we looked to the Word of God to direct us, and here's what I really want you to see. How should we respond? How, what is my foundation going to do? Well, it's going it's to be the response, the reaction to our present situation in a biblical manner, guys, that's pleasing to the Lord. Now, keep that in mind, okay? Because, listen, we're going to have all kinds of reaction to what's going on, but here's what we should do. As believers in Jesus Christ, our reaction, okay, our response should be, what, in a biblical manner, that's pleasing to Jesus. That's how we should handle that. Okay? Well, where does it come from? Well, it only comes from the gospel being, uh, the foundation being built by the word of God. That's where it comes from. How can you respond? 
How can you, how can you be a pillar? How can you be strong in a time where every, how can you be a light in a dark world? I'm telling you right now, because your foundation is solid. It is solid. It is solid. And if it's not, guys, then we can find, we can find it being compromised. You know, well, how so? Well, think about this, right? Here are some ways that our foundation might be a little bit compromised. You go, what's that? Well, fear can creep in and take control. I'm not saying that we're not afraid, okay? I got to be honest with you. My youngest daughter called me on Friday, and, and I mean, ever get a phone call from her, normally we just text, and I'm like, oh, and she called me, and she just, I mean, it, it brought some fear in my life, man. I was like, oh, my gosh, and, and uh, but I don't, I don't want it to take control, so I had to go back to the Word of God. I had to meditate in what He says and who I am, but, but a compromised foundation, guys, can also mean hopelessness. And that'll be our constant companion. We can see it in our world today, can't we? You can see people, they have a, they have a, a, a face of hopelessness. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. This isn't something that's going to be, hey man, in, in, in next week we'll be back to normal and, and it'll all be good. We have no idea. And if our foundation isn't solid in the word of God, then we have a face of hopelessness. Or, guys, think about this, anxiety and depression come knocking at our door. Anxiety and depression. You know? So what should we do? Well, here's what Paul reminds us. He goes, listen, you've laid the foundation, guys. You've got it. Jesus Christ, man. He is the rock. He is the way. He is the one, right? He he came from heaven. He died for our sins, man. He taught us. He was buried on the third day. He resurrected. That's Easter, right? That's Easter's the resurrection. Okay, but it's important to inspect your foundation. And that's what Paul tells us. He goes, man, make sure you inspect it. Because like two weeks ago, Paul, uh, he asked the Corinthian believers, he said, how could you not believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Like, I don't understand. I came and I told you, right? How could you not believe? Now, listen, let me just tell you this. In our day and age, guys, literally, in our day and age, we're going to see the Bible talks about a falling away. A falling away. Before Jesus comes back for his church, there's going to be a falling away. And there's going to be people that have walked with Jesus for a long time kind of go, uh, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't know. It, you know what? If it, 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 And here's one of the arguments. And, and, and it's not biblical, guys, but here's one of the arguments. One of the arguments is to be if God is all loving and he's all knowing and he loves and he cares for us like you say, then why did he allow this virus to go through? And you go, no, 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 guys, no. That's, that's Paul going, how could you believe, how could you guys think that? You see, the belief, guys, affects everything, including our very own resurrection, right? And so you go, well, why, why, why are the people in Corinth, why are they tripping? Like, why, why are they, I don't understand. Well, let me tell you why, okay? Many philosophers in the day, guys, they would deny the resurrection of the body. Okay, they would, they would, here's what they would do. They would cling to them. The body goes, okay, here's, here's what we're thinking. The, the, the source of men's weakness in, and sin is the body. So when I die, whoo, I'm glad to be done with the body. And so now Paul comes and goes, hey, if Jesus resurrected, you're going to be resurrected too. And then the guys go, 
No, I don't want this body of sin back. Man, that was a struggle. Are you kidding me? Here's why. Because my spirit wanted to praise the Lord. My spirit wanted to worship God. My flesh was the one that gave me problems. My flesh wanted to do opposite. And it was just, and so they're going, no, 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 no. So they're denying Jesus' resurrection because that means that then they wouldn't have their resurrection. And so they're going, no, no, no. We don't want to have that body. We, we want that. And so many of the converts, guys in Corinth, came to faith with that belief. They're like, man, we love Jesus, but man, I don't want this body of sin, right? And so Paul goes, no, no, you don't understand. Let me show you the consequences of denying that Jesus bodily resurrection, there's some consequences. You go, what's that? Here it is. You ready? It's devastating to Christianity. In other words, when you go, man, I, I'm just denying the resurrection, what you're doing is you're actually denying, think about this, the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. Okay? And denying the resurrection, let me just, let me just, let me just lay it out there plain as can be. It, it means that we're not saved. Okay, we have no hope. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're, what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Paul's going to deal with that. I'm telling you, man, he says your faith is worthless. But I love the fact that Paul goes, now, now listen, but Jesus did rise from the dead. That's our hope. Okay, what a glorious resurrection. And we call that day first Easter, right? That's when Jesus rose. Okay, now, now listen. Lord willing, we're going to go to Israel next year. Lord willing. Okay? And I mean, you can see, you can see the tomb. You can see, then this is just amazing. And it's so cool. And it gives you goosebumps. And you're just like, wow, Jesus did rise from the dead. I've been in the empty tomb. He's not there. He's not there. Well, Ben, that's all great and all, but, but, but. We still have some issues, don't we? We still have some people. I mean, it's we still have the coronavirus. We still have people getting sick and 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 wearing masks and gloves and freaking out. Well, let me give you some encouragement, guys. Let me because Paul says, "Hey, th- let me give you some comfort." Okay, so Paul teaches us a great hope. You go, what's that? He writes it down as he's writing to the Thessalonian church. You guys know this, but but in First Thessalonians chapter 4, notice what Paul says in verse 15. He says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. I love that. Why? Because it's God's word. And you can go to the bank on God's word. You go, okay, Paul, what did you say? He said that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are, what? Who are asleep. You go, what do you mean? He said, here's what's going to happen. When Jesus comes back, okay, he says, we're not going to, you and I who are alive right now, we're waiting. He says, we're not going to precede those who have fallen asleep. And what he's talking about, that those that are dead in Christ. Okay? And I love this. He said, why? Here's what's going to happen. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive and remain, guys, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, here's the comfort. He says we need to comfort each other with, with these words. So here's the great comfort. Guys, you and I, we're going to be doing our, we're going to be, we're going to be doing life, okay? We're going to keep things as normal as we can. Yes, we're going to continue to wash our hands, okay? Hopefully you were washing your hands before this, and I hope you continue to wash your hands after this. But we're going to continue to do this. But here's the issue, right? Our hope is, is that one day, we're going to hear a trumpet sound, 
and the dead in Christ, all of those, all our loved ones that have gone before, I think of my dad, I think of, of several people that have just gone, and they're going to rise first. And what, you mean, you mean with their old body? So if they're, they're old, no, 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 their glorified body, the one he's talking about, they're going to resurrect. And then you and I, we're going to look up and we're going to be changed. The, the Bible says in half a blink, in the twinkling of an eye, half a blink, we're going to be caught up to, to be with the Lord. And, and here's what I love. He said, we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Okay, so I hope you're not afraid of flying. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. What does that mean? Guys, this is, this is, this is earth. This is not your permanent home. This is just, this is just a stop through. Okay? To be with the Lord forever, that's our permanent home. To have glorified body. And here's, and here's the comfort. Now, here's what Eric Sauer says. Eric Sauer is an author, and he says, okay, so Jesus resurrecting is the, is, is the first Easter. He says, when this happens in Thessalonians, that's going to be the third Easter resurrection. He says, but right now, what should we be doing? We're living in between two Easter's, okay? It's the second Easter, and it's a spiritual Easter where we were resurrected from what? From a life that was dead. That's where you became born again. See, that's the foundation. That's, guys, where we live. You were born again. Something changed in your life. That's the foundation. Well, what else, Pastor? Well, as I was putting the sermon together, I thought, okay, so let me give, let me give a little bit more hope. See, the book of Hebrews gives us a little bit of hope as well. In Hebrews chapter 10, 23 to 25, the writer of Hebrews writes this. He says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. What's that? For he who is promised is faithful. So we want to hold fast to this confession. And, and what is that? That we have our hope in him. Amen? But then he goes and he says this, and let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Here, here's where we need to live, right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the men of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Okay? So what's he saying? He's saying, okay, first of all, we don't miss church. Well, pastor, they told us we couldn't go to church. Yeah, but we're on church right now. Okay, so we want to we want to continue to do this. How does this work? Guys, here's the thing. Listen, if we can't, if the government comes and says, you cannot meet at the building anymore, you can't do live stream, we still need to have home churches. We still need to get together because we don't want to forsake that. I need you, you need me. This is how we do life. God created us guys to do life together. This is how we are. Okay, but what he tells us here, and here what I want you to see, listen, I'm looking straight at you. I want you to realize that in the perilous times, in the stressful times, you need to know that you're not alone. I know that's what the enemy's saying. Listen, you're alone right now. Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. That's not true. Because here's what he tells us. He says, we're going to go through this together, and we're going to walk through this hand in hand. This, my friends, is the church's finest hour. This is what God has called us to do. Now, we must understand that it's not the pastor's job to go out and do this because all he says is, I've equipped you to do the work of the ministry. It's all our jobs to go out and to share the love of Jesus. That's all our jobs. And he says, listen, here's what we want to do. We want to consider one another... To stir up love. Guys, to consider one another is not to hoard up everything in the store for you. To consider one another is not going, listen, I'm going to buy a pallet of, of all the essentials and then price gouge people. That's not love. Love is going, listen, what can I do to give away? What can I do to serve? What can I do? Well, pastor, if I give it away, I won't have any. 
know, God is going to take care of you. And this is the hope we have. But the hope we have is that we do it together. And you go, well, Ben, I don't need any food. I don't need any toilet. I don't need any, any essentials. I don't need hand sanitizers. I'm good. But what you do need, listen to me, you do need human contact. You do need a smile. You do need a hug every now and then. You do need somebody to talk to. That's how God created us. You go, well, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to get the disease. Well, that's okay. But see a text or a phone call. I had a sister in the fellowship call, text me the other day and said, man, this is a time where we need to forgive. We need to ask forgiveness and we need to look up. And I think that's true. I think that's true. So what does Paul do? Paul says, now listen, listen, uh, we're ready to move in. You guys ready to move in? We've got the walls, we've got paint, we've got texture. Man, this house is awesome. Now it's ready to move in, and that's where we're going to be. Now he left us last week, guys, in verse 28. He says, now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put things, all things under him. And God may be God all in all. You go, well, what did he say? Jesus is finally going to put all things under his feet, including death. Why is that important? Because do you remember what happened at the Garden of Eden in in Genesis chapter 3? The very first thing was he says, hey, Adam, Eve, don't eat that, okay? Because when you eat it, you will surely die. Well, they did. And because of that, we all were all born in Adam. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes, he's the second Adam, and he's going to put death under his feet. And when he does, guys, he's going to deliver the kingdom back to the Father. And that the triune God may be all in all forever. That's where we left off. Now, he starts in verse 29, and i got to be honest with you, whoo, this is tough. But notice what he says in verse 29. He says, otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead do not rise at all, question mark. Why then are they baptized for the dead? Now, i got to be honest with you. This is probably one of those things I'm going, can we skip this? Because I don't know what Paul was talking about, okay? Baptized for the dead? We don't baptize for the dead. Now, let me read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says, if the dead are not raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Huh? Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? Now, this is a difficult, difficult expression to interpret. But because we're a Bible teaching church, I've got to go through it. Let me give you a heretical view. Okay, this is not biblical. This is heretical. Okay, it's the view that goes, okay, well, I know what Paul's talking about. He's saying sometimes someone will be baptized vicariously for another in order to assure him a place in heaven. Okay, and that's not, that's heretical. That's not biblical at all. You can't go, well, you know, my great, my great uncle, right? My great uncle, he, he didn't know the Lord, so I'm going to be baptized for him so he could go to heaven. That's heretical. You can't do that. Okay, we have one, listen, listen to me. We have one chance, this life, that's it. That's it. So that's when you go, well, Ben, what does it mean then? Well, it most likely means that being baptized, noticed, in the place of those who died. There, there are believers who have died, and now we need new converts to come up. Okay? Taking the place of the old one. Well, what's the point? Unless one believes in the resurrection of the dead, rather than, say, the Greek idea of immortality... What's the point of such practice? That's what he's saying. What's the point? Unless you really believe, what's the point? Why would you, Alex, why would you be baptized if you didn't believe that you were going to one day resurrect too? Oh, okay. So in other words, if there's no resurrection, so why bother to witness? 
Why bother to witness to, to, to others in Christ? Why reach sinners who are then, who, who are then baptized? If the Christian life is only a dead-end street, he goes, why even do it? That's really the point. If you're not going to believe that. So I'm sitting at my, my recliner this morning, and I'm praying, and I started thinking about belief. And I want, you to think, I want you to just meditate down this week. Think about belief, because belief, what we really believe is how we behave. Don't you agree? I mean, how we re- listen, and, and, and I'll get into that in a minute, but think about what you really believe is how you behave, how you conduct yourself. This is what I really believe. Meditate on that because I'm going to show you something here in just a minute. As a matter of fact, right now, right? Because Paul writes further to that. He writes in verse 30, he says, and why do we stand jeopardy every hour? Okay? Now, here's what you got to see. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul says, man, I want you Corinthians to know that he would have not risked his life if he did not believe in the bodily resurrection. That's true. Okay? He goes, listen, every hour we were in jeopardy. Every hour. Now, here's the point. Okay? Gospel, foundation, building a house. This is why Paul, he got it inside. It got inside. It transformed outside. It transformed his thinking. It transformed his beliefs. It transformed his behavior. And because of that, whenever they beat him up and they said, no, you can't preach Jesus. We're going to leave you out for dead. He got up, bloodied, all caked on and bruised. He went back in because he believed in that. Why would he do that? He says, because I believe in the resurrection and I believe there is a heaven and a hell. And I believe that if you're not born again, if you're not walking with Jesus, you're not going to go to heaven. And Paul believed that from the inside out. It wasn't an outward Christian thing that he did. And that's the point I, I keep trying to, I, that, that's the, that's the, 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 I keep trying to dig that out because I, I know that the gospel should change us. It should, it should make us different. It should be the one where we love people and we don't, we don't have to live in fear. It should be, it should be working in us. And you go, well, how does that live in our lives? Well, here's what I want you to think about it, okay? Because it works the same for believers. I don't know if you know this. You know, what do you mean? Think about this. Because you're a believer, you tell people about Jesus, you tell people about the love, whether you do it on Facebook or you do it on Instagram or you do it personally, however you want to do it, right? Here's what you do. You risked ridicule, don't you? You risk ridicule from family and friends. Really? Oh, you little Jesus. I mean, people talk about you because you're a believer, because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You, you risk, guys, you risk scoffing. At your job. Oh, look at him. He's that little, he's that Jesus. I mean, this is what we do. Guys, we as Christians risk being stabbed in the back, talked about, betrayed, and we even risk the stress of, of, of walking with Jesus. Why would we risk all that if we didn't believe that Jesus is alive? Now, why would I be up here preaching and teaching and showing my heart and allowing the whole world, if I didn't really believe this. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is going, you understand the resurrection is true and we're in jeopardy. And he doesn't say like, hey, every now and then I I would preach and, and people would get mad and they'd storm out. He says every hour, every hour, every hour. Guys, we believe and so we'll endure hard things in this life to make sure you go to heaven. Listen, even at such a time as this, guys, let us walk in the spirit of love towards others. Let us consider those who are frightened and lonely and let us be a light in a dark world.
Yeah, but they're going to scoff. They're going to. Re- I mean, even people now. Yeah, you think this is the end of the world? You guys are bogus, man. It's just a virus. Oh, you think Jesus is coming back? Jesus has always been coming back. He's just trying to get our attention. Well, how do you believe that? I just I believe it because I know I know His Word. I know the foundation. Well, if I don't if I don't believe, or you, we're still going to love you, man. We're still going to walk with you. Notice what he says in verse 31. He says, I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He says, I die. Help me, church, daily. Listen, I promise. He says, man, I face death daily. Now, now listen, I've been pastoring this church, guys, for 16 years, and I haven't faced death, okay? I mean, I've been stabbed. I've been, I've been ridiculed. I've been scoffed at. I've been walked at. Whatever it might be, but I've never faced death. And Paul says, "Now, listen. You understand." He says, "I'm affirming that that I boast in you." And he said, "And and by that, I have in the Lord Jesus Christ." He says, "I die daily." And I think it's safe to say that Paul's gospel foundation is firm and secure. Let me ask you a question, and I want you to think about this throughout the week. If we faced death daily because we loved Jesus and because we wanted everyone to go to heaven, would you say that we have the right gospel? If every day you went to work and because you said, man, I love, because you prayed, because you opened up your brown uh, sack lunch there and you sat in the, in the lunchroom and you said, I'm going to pray, and everybody's like, you're going to die because would we have the right foundation? Absolutely. That's what Paul's trying to get at. And so what does he do? He says, now, I love Paul because here's how he writes. He goes, now, let me give you the practical. You guys ready? Let me give you the practical. In verse 32, he says, if in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? Question mark. He says, if the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Okay? Now, I don't see Paul fighting wild beasts in Ephesus, okay? He's not, he's not going over to, to the city and going, okay, I'm going to wrestle a buffalo or whatever wild beast there might be, you know, a, a lion. So what's he talking about, guys? He says the value there to fight wild beasts is probably, now listen, it refers to the intense opposition. Paul, listen to what he says. He says, if in the manner of men, he says, man, I, man, I faced intense opposition. He says, if Jesus didn't rise, what advantage? Why would I do this? Why would I do this? Why would I be subject to put myself through that? If there really is no resurrection, let me just be honest with you. Let us eat, let us drink, because tomorrow we die. Okay? That's what he's saying. He's saying, if there's no resurrection, guys, if you really don't believe that, he says, man, life is, is what? Life is meaningless. And we should just party like it's, I'm not going to say 1999, okay, because that's already on. We're going to party like it's the end of the world. What for? What, right? Let's just go. Let's just go. So what's Paul doing? Well, to my Bible students out there, he's actually quoting from the Septuagint. That's the Greek rendering of the Hebrew Scriptures in Isaiah 22, verse 13, where the prophet describes the reckless kind of self-indulgence of the despisers of God's call to mourning. So God's going, hey, you guys need to repent. You need to mourn. They're like, eh, nah, we're just going to party. We're just, and, and this is what he's doing. He's going, listen, you need to understand. I'm going to take you back to the Old Testament, but I'm going to do it in the Septuagint, which is the Greek writing, right? Because he's, 
He's preaching to Greek people, right? He's preaching to Gentiles. And he says, do you remember the self-indulgent, reckless people in believe? God's calling them to mourn. He says, this is what they said. And now notice verse 33. He says, now, now listen, don't be deceived. Why? He says, evil company, right, corrupts good habits. Evil company, right? Now, this is a great verse in light of what Paul's saying in our current situation. Why? Okay, then you keep going back to this. Well, listen, I'm walking in it with you. Here's what he's saying. If you hang out with those who don't believe in the resurrection, then you're going to eventually believe that there is no resurrection. Okay, that's what he's saying. You're going to believe the same thing. He says, evil company, right? Oh, we don't believe in the resurrection. We want this. And you go, well, I thought I did, but maybe I don't. It's going to what? It's going to corrupt your bad habits. You go, what's the application? Well, let me give you some good practical application today, okay? Paul, in writing to Timothy, we talked about this on Wednesday night, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, okay? So you go, what do you mean? The first thing we need to understand is God did, God's given us, he didn't give us a spirit of fear. So whatever happens in our world, whether it's a coronavirus or it's, it's uh, cancer or, or whatever, he didn't give us a spirit of fear, okay? He, he's, he's given us his spirit, his spirit of power, his spirit of, of love, and his spirit of a sound mind. And you go, well, what do you, well, how does that tie into evil company corrupts uh, good habits? Well, the problem is, is that what we listen to, what we read, what we see, we have to be so careful. Make sure you filter it through the word of God because it could eventually wobble or weaken your foundation. And so you're going, wow, this person said this and this person said, that. oh man, listen, oh, I don't, oh, okay, okay. You know, listen, over the past few days, I got to be honest with you. Look at me, church. I've gotten reports that something big is about to go down, man. And I don't know. I don't want that to I don't want that to weaken my foundation in the word of God. If something goes down, then we're going to stand strong in the Lord. If nothing goes down, we're going to stand strong in the Lord. This is why we're here, guys. This is why you're here. This is what God put you for. I don't want I don't want evil company. I don't want I don't want things that are going to move me away from God. I don't want to hang out with those people. I don't want the media that's going to keep that's going to that's going to cause fear. I, I I want faith. I want trust. And here's what I would encourage you to do, guys. Just be that light. Be that light. Listen, there's there's things that we post on Facebook because we think we're helping people, but man, it's causing fear in everybody. We need to we need to post encouraging things. Joshua 1 9, right? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, right? That's what God tells us. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. How can we be courageous, be courageous, right? Here's why. Because he says, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is how I have courage, because I know God is with me. Alex, what happens if I get the virus and I die? I win, man. I win. What happens if I don't get the, and, and I can be a light in the world? I win because I live for Jesus. I live for Jesus. And then verse 34, guys, he says, Paul says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. 
I speak this to your shame. A better yet, he's, here's what he's saying. You ready? He's saying, wake up. Guys, wake up. Come to your right mind. Don't sin by following those who don't believe. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be ignorant of the knowledge of God. Okay, what does this look like? Okay, what does this look like? We're going to close here in just a minute. The worship team is going to come back, but let me tell you what this looks like, okay? Guys, in the morning, we need to be saturated in God's word. We need to, and did you hear, did you hear what I said? Saturated in God's word, okay? Before we put on the news, before we open our social media, read what God says, read the Psalms, hang out with David a little bit, know what he says. And then you'll have the foundation to be able to walk on what, what the world is saying. Filter that through the word of God. Is this true? How do I know this is true? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk in this. And, and, and all, you have, all you have is today. All you have is today. We don't have tomorrow. We're not, we're, we've never been promised tomorrow. All we have is today. So here's what we got. We got God's word. We got God's word. So as we close, guys, uh, let's recap what we've learned, okay? We're building our house, the gospel, okay? Here's, here's some good stuff. We got walls. Remember, tape, textured paint, right? What is that? It's the Redeemer Jesus Christ. He is the first fruits of death. We really don't need to be afraid of death anymore. You understand that? We don't need to be afraid because we're going to be risen again, okay? We need to be prudent in a time like this, but we don't need to fear death. Because one day we're going to resurrect in a brand new body. And yes, we're found in Adam in the natural, but Jesus in the spiritual. There's our walls, okay? So we have a roof, we have windows, we have flooring. That's the redeemed. Born again believers of Jesus, fully devoted followers of Christ. One day, guys, we're going to be with Jesus forever. We're going to be with Jesus forever. This should bring peace in our hearts. This morning... I pray that it would bring peace in your hearts. Now we're ready to move into our house, man. It looks good. We're ready to move in. So we must believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's sound. It's true. Paul says, I gave my life for it. Jesus said, I gave my life for it. You can take it to the bank. You can take it to the bank. Hey, listen, if you're watching online, if you're watching later on on our website, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to podcast, and you're saying, I, I'm a little confused, Ben. You were saying some things, and you were talking about the resurrection. You were talking about some stuff, and, and some lights were going on, and some things were happening. But I've, I've got to be honest with you, Ben, I don't know if I have a relationship with God. This whole coronavirus has got me freaked out. I don't have peace in my heart. I am really, really scared. I don't know, Pastor Ben, where I would go if I died today. I don't know. But I want to know. And you were saying some stuff. And listen, I know as you're watching, you might feel like you're a million miles away from God. You might feel like you're oceans away from, from being able to talk to God. But listen to me. You're one decision away from coming back. And here's what I want to say. The devil's telling you that God's mad at you. I'm here to tell you that God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he died for you. And he has his arms open wide today. Today is the day of salvation. You go, what do I have to do? Well, here, 
here's what you have to do, guys. You have to come to the place where you repent of your sins. You need to turn from that and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to ask him to forgive me, and I'm going to believe in, in the foundation, man. I'm going to go back and fix my foundation, the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to make sure that it's smooth. I'm going to make sure it's solid. Well, how do I do that, Ben? How do I do that if I've never given my life to Jesus? Well, all you have to do is bow your heads, and you can pray a simple prayer. It's a prayer of just saying, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to earth, that you died on the cross for me, that you were buried, and on the third day you resurrected. I believe that. And I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins, forgive my past, forgive my present, forgive my future. I'm coming to you now humbly, broken, and I'm needing your peace and your love, Jesus. And I'm asking you to come into my heart and be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you're born again. We believe that God is going to come into your heart, and we want to know about it, okay? So if you prayed that prayer with me today, man, please call the church. 806-799-2227. Comment on Facebook, man. We'll get a hold of you. We'll send you out some resources, man, um, whatever it be. But, but more importantly, you're walking in the family of God, and the Holy Spirit will come and fill your heart with peace and joy and love, all the things that you've been missing. And so um, please let us know. Let us know. Drop us a line if you want to. Um, you can comment on our website, whatever it might be. But we love you. We're with you. We will see you on Wednesday night. Worship team's going to do one last song. And uh, man, I love you. I love you. Have a great week. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.